Hey, it's Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This episode, number 209, aired originally on WPRK on November 30th, 2020. WPRK is the best radio station of all time. I said it. I'm not going... I kind of burped a little bit too. Excuse me. This episode features ostensibly like a small business feel... So Megan and Adam Judd talk about failures. Kaylee Friend talks about a community that you need around you. Michelle Kristoff talks about a uh, partnership, starting a business as a partnership and needing that. And then Jeremy Sagers and I joke about ways to get people to your business. Not joke. I mean, it's a, it's a valid way. It's not that valid. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I'm your host, Nick Drogudio. This is a very special episode, number 209. We are not currently in the WPRK studio, so I'm not doing a live episode with amazing people from Orlando. Instead, I'm taking a look back at some past episodes with amazing people from Orlando. Since it's the holidays, it's natural to think about family, friends, and the things you're obligated to buy them to show that you care. That's right, right? I'm not the only one who does that or thinks that way. Let's talk about the people behind small businesses because as a reminder, shop small, shop local, shop. That's a good tagline, by the way, if anybody wants to take that. Let's get this party started with Megan and Adam Judd. I've known the Judds for quite some time and they came on the show back in 2018. The part that I wanted to share with you today is about their failed ventures. Why? First, because sometimes small businesses don't work out, but that doesn't mean you stop trying. I am a serial uh, entrepreneur. Oh, okay. Only at night in bed, serial. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I think it stems from a need to be uh, expressive and creative. Mm -hmm. And so my worst idea yet by far was in the nineties when the, uh, pottery painting thing started to become a a thing. Sure. I wanted to do that. And so I invested a lot of money up front because that's how you start a great business, right? You do a lot of upfront investing. So I invested a lot of money up front. No, I hired one. So hired a kiln? Yes. I could rent kiln space and I couldn't afford to rent retail space. So I had a friend who offered to loan me hers. (laughs) That was great. In a canine training center. So imagine I invite people to come and paint pottery. I Uh give them all of the supplies. But first, I have to de-dog the place because it smells. There's rubber mats every place, you know. So I have to clean all of that up. And then you're still, you're getting dog hair in your painting supplies. You're getting, you know, it's... it's, It was so kind of our friends to come out and support that for sure. Oh, people paid money to paint ugly, ugly stuff with dog hair stuck to it. And then I would have to clean the place back up from my painting so that it could then be re-dogified. So when people brought their dogs for training, they didn't end up with like pink feet. Yeah. That was the worst business model, I think, possibly of all time. Well, I I don't know about all time. But I was 23. We have done some other pretty bad businesses in the past. The uh, semi-truck. Now... I think shifting, do you know about this, Nick? No. We shifted into trucking. We, we, <laughs> we were trying to, yeah, we had, we wanted to diversify. So we tried to do something different. So we bought a semi truck and we started an expediting business. Uh-huh. 
at and, the height of the gas prices. Oh, and guys, yeah, gas got over $5 a gallon, and we would get stuck. My driver would get stuck in some state and have to run dry home. And I think when I looked at my credit card and it was in the tens of thousands, I said, just bring the truck home. We're parking it. We're out of business. But, um, yeah, it was it was an adventure. But that was one of those, though, that I was actually really proud of, like, because I felt like that was taking a real leap. It and I felt different. like we yeah, it, really put it was some thought into it, just not mm-hmm. the right thought. Or the right time. Right. right. And really, so had timing chemistry. had a lot to do with it. You had the chemistry. You just didn't have the right time. It yeah, happened Yeah, we sometimes. were both in real estate, and yeah. when that started to I thought lose I was, its legs. I thought I was going to have to learn to drive a semi-truck, because my driver kind of decided he didn't want to drive anymore. And so then <laughs> that happens a lot. And like, so then, yeah, and so then here we have, I don't wanna. We have three kids. And we've got this semi, and I'm like, I may have to go get my CDL and get on the road driving because we've got to make some money with this thing. Oh, so you're thinking like, oh, this is a great way to get me away from the yeah, wife. From the three yeah. kids. Yeah. This is yeah. alone. Said three children. I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get on that alone series. So, I so like yeah, it. that was a good one. I was yeah. proud of you for that one, though. That was interesting. So I like that this semi truck as a way to get away from your family. Like, oh, sorry, guys, I got to go. I, he talks a good game. He you doesn't want to be away from us. I've been us. trying to get oh, on I, this. I'm not implying that at all. No. I'm implying yeah. for myself. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. the, the thing to do is get on this 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 TV show alone because I'm, I've been thinking about it. It really could be very cool. You win like $500,000 if you if. can stay out in the wilderness alone. By yourself. And I'm thinking, wow, that would actually. My cousin TJ calls it, hey, Megan, leave me alone. Yeah. And as a parody of the production crew telling Adam, it's time. We, we're done. We got to go. Yeah. We're wrapping, we're wrapping the show up. You have to you leave You proved now. you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go home. Adam and Megan Judd on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. You can find out more about the Judds at metropolisrealestatesolutions.com. And if you start a dog pottery painting business or a pottery dog painting business or a painting dog pottery, it's hard to say, business, remember to thank Megan. And if you start a trucking business, tell them Large Marge sent you. Good morning. My name is Nick Jurgudio. On today's episode, we're looking at some small businesses around Orlando and the people behind them. I love talking to people taking a chance and putting themselves and their work out there because they inspire me to do interesting things even when I'm scared. The Judds teach me that you have to keep trying over and over again to find the thing that fits. I learned something from Kaylee Friend and her business, Kill em With Cuteness, too. It's not just about a great product. It's about connecting with the community. Yeah, I... I feel like I, I lucked out when I when I first started maybe a couple months in to me having my shop to where you know there I don't really know if they have them so much anymore but there were Instagrams uh, Instagram pages dedicated to reposting for people that were trying to sell their pins and so you would pay you know five or ten dollars for an ad to to kind of get your name out there because yeah. they would have like fifty or sixty thousand followers and you were guaranteed some you know playoff exactly that, yeah. yeah. Um, and I did do that at the beginning. I was paying for ads because how else was anybody going to see what I had? And I fell into um, a group of girls who all over all over the country, and then there were some people who um, lived in the UK and I think South Africa, um, 
I got asked to be in this group of ladies that all had their own pin shops and we had our own Facebook page and own Instagram page. And somehow this, it was called girl pin gang where it's not anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about it in the, in the past. Um, but, and talk about support, like, you know, help because a lot of us were pretty new. Some girls have been doing it for like three, four years, whatever. And um, that page grew enormously in maybe like six months. I think they had like 60 or 70,000 followers and we would get rotating ads on there too. And that would help. And I didn't have to pay for that because I was part of the group. That's awesome. And yeah, that was probably the biggest thing that helped me and made me really appreciate the internet. Like it's, it was insane because I don't promote anywhere else, like just solely on Instagram, which is my fault. I should do more. <laughs> Well, yeah, absolutely. But I, I love the idea that, you know, there's a group of people getting together that are selling similar things, mm-hmm. but supporting each other. And I feel like not only do you see that online and in groups like that, but you see it at the shows that we do here in town yeah. and the artists that are here in town and the vendors where they're working with each other and trying to help each other out rather than doing this competitive, yeah. any kind of weird bullying sort of stuff. I just don't see that at some of the events. It wasn't like that at all. I mean, I think there was maybe like 40 girls in the group and maybe Mm -hmm. half of us were active. And there was maybe like one person who would cause a problem, you know, and that's the the odds there are against us. I would think a group of ladies that could get catty, but it was, you know, it helped me a lot. Everyone had really good advice. I actually um, went to Chicago twice for events that they put on and was able to go sell my stuff there. Like, that was super awesome. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was really cool. That was actually the very first in-person event I did was last year in Chicago. Um, talk about Stress Fest 2016. Yeah, <laughs> having to go up there with all your stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then do a booth and you have no idea what's going to happen there. And not have a meltdown. Yeah. I mean, I made it. I didn't have one. <laughs> I went, I went again this year too, and it was, you know, it was really successful, really cool. I I saw the same people, um, not like obviously the same vendors, mm-hmm. but the same customers come through and like remember me and like be really excited to be there. People like coming and be like, oh, I came just so I could get this from you, and I was like, that's so awesome. You know, I don't like I just assume no one knows who I am, so it's cool when, I, when you get recognized in a different city. But it is that, so I've ordered some pins online, uh, but when I went to Megacon, for example, or Mm -hmm. I saw you at uh, one of the events, it's so much more fulfilling to talk to the person who made it, figure out why they made it, um, you know, share the humor in it as well, Mm -hmm. and just kind of laugh together over whatever it is that you made, or maybe share a memory of whatever it is, whether it's Beetlejuice or something else. Yeah, I mean... it's definitely a nice, easy, common ground to have with people. You know, I feel like, especially meeting a stranger, it, you, it's hard to find stuff to talk about. And so right. these silly little things make it easier to have a connection with people. And I really enjoy that. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, would you give or do you have any advice for somebody who wants to go out there and do something, maybe not pins, since mm-hmm. you've cornered the market on it, obviously, <laughs> but something else uh, that's out there on the creative side and go and do shows and uh, yeah. things of that nature? I mean, really all I have to say is to just go for it with the lack of a better term. I feel like a very cliche, like, cat poster. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, like hang yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, just do it. If you are passionate about something or you, you feel like 
you know, people are going to, even if it's, you know, one person is going to enjoy what you made, you know, and you're not having to make this super huge investment because of it. You know what I mean? You just do it. Like nine times out of 10, it's going to turn out better than you think it's going to. And that's what I've seen at least. And it's, this is coming from someone who has put maybe 50% effort (laughs) in. And I've, if I tried a lot harder, I'd probably be a lot more successful. You're listening to WPRK 91.5 FM. I'm Nick Chorgidio. That was Kaylee Friend being very modest. You can see some of her amazing work at killemwithcute.com. That's K-I-L-L-E-M with cute.com. Also follow her on Instagram at killemwithcuteness for masks and pins and stickers that you will love or you could love. If you missed any of the show, and if you want to hear full interviews with Kaylee, Megan, and Adam, or more than 150 other interesting Central Floridians, consider visiting toacertaindegree.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast wherever you subscribe to them. While you're considering that subscription, let's talk to Michelle Kristoff and how she started her knitting and fiber business, which I assumed was just a way she could meet alpacas in person. They're great, aren't they? They're so cute. They're so cute, and they're so sweet, and their personalities. I mean, it's one thing to be cute, but there are lots of cute animals that you can't interact with really oh, well. jerks. Right, yeah. right. But alpaca are just sweet and loving and kind, and there's this connection with these big eyes that they have. Yep. Um, they're awesome. No, it was not a ruse, <laughs> but I'm glad it worked out that way. It it ended up being being perfect. No, it's kind of funny, the story of how it all came about. Carolyn and I knew each other a long time ago. We, um, she came on as an intern to a social service agency that I was working at. And, um, so I kind of trained her and we got to be really good friends and that kind of thing. And then life kind of took us in different directions after a while. Um, we did our families and, and that, and, um, we actually had a disagreement that kind of, as sometimes happens with friends, it kind of, you know, tore us apart a little bit, but then really it was just drifting off with our families and our lives. So fast forward to, gosh, I don't know, probably 15 years later or something like that. Um, well, actually more like 12 or 13 years later, yeah, we got back in touch through a funny circumstance and found out that in the interim, um, we'd both learned to knit fairly recently right. and that we both fell in love with it. And so we were talking about it because we reconciled and everything was good. We started talking about it and we're like, both like, wow, we'd love to have our own yarn store. Wouldn't that be awesome to have a yarn store? And then it's like, well, but yarn stores are struggling and I don't want to be tied down to a brick and mortar shop because I've got other things in my life I want to pursue. And we're like, well, let's do it online. And then we started talking about fiber and how much we both loved fiber. That was both what we kind of keyed in on, on the Mm -hmm. knitting aspect. And we're like, well, let's dye yarn. So we're both research heads. So we both independently researched dyeing yarn and, and learning more about fiber and just really dove into it, found out that we loved it. And we're like, all right, we're, we're going we're gonna to dye yarn and we're going to sell it and we're going to make this our business, our life. And it just kind of took off. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary as Olive and to you. Actually, actually, thank you. Actually, I say celebrated. It kind of came and went without, <laughs> right. without many balloons or a cake because we were so busy, but that's good. So we're going to have to celebrate it soon, but just hit the one-year mark. And um, yeah, it's just... It's been busy and fun, and we've learned so much and are definitely getting involved in the wider community, which is what Yarn Lounge is 
all about and how that came about is kind of interesting. So um, busy times. What's neat about it is when I look at the, the yarn that you all dye um, and that you create, it's, I just like looking at it. Like I would just like to buy it and just have it the way it is without trying to make anything out of it because it's so interesting and compelling. And what I'm used to in going in and out of the big box stores for whatever mm-hmm. I'm looking for, usually not yarn, but right. <laughs> you know, walking up and down those aisles is I would see one color, right? Uh, a spool or whatever the, the terminology is mm-hmm. in one color. And I'm, I do a lot of 3D printing. And it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, a 3D printer is done with a spool and the filament comes out, but it's typically only done in one color. Right. Whereas what you're doing is these amazing multicolor things you have themed ones for different events you're going mm-hmm. to or different stores that you're providing them to mm-hmm. uh so you have a lot it feels like you have a lot of fun with it yeah in that sense there's a lot of creativity that goes into it carolyn is our principal dyer now because as the as the business has grown we both kind of um gravitated to the areas that are our strengths Mm -hmm. and that we have time for. (laughs) So um, she's our principal dyer and she does an awesome job with speckled yarn and variegated yarns and um, tonal yarns and some solids as well. Um, But there's definitely creativity that goes into that. I mean, it's, it's fun to watch the process and it's fun to do the process. I mean, I dyed for a while and still do occasionally, but you kind of turn some music on and the juices start flowing and, you know, and, and you're inspired by different things that you see. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, um, it's always interesting to see how it turns out because the way it looks in the pot when you're dying, it isn't always exactly the way it turns out sure. once it's dry. And so you're kind of along for the ride at some point. You're the originator, but at some point you're just kind of anxious to see how it all happens and turns out. And that part of the process is super fun. Do you have a uh, pile of yarn that you thought was going to go one way and didn't? And you're like, nope, we're not selling that. Um. Actually, no, because you can over dye yarn. So once okay. you dye it, you can over dye if it doesn't turn out the way it want, you know, the way that you wanted it to. Um, I'd say the only the only pile that didn't go out, and it wasn't a very big pile, was in the, you know early on you have mistakes and you learn things. And we had a little sure. burnt yarn. We burnt yarn because you cook yarn. Wait, wait, what? Burnt yarn. You cook it. You cook it. To get the dye into it, I assume. Well, to help it fix set. to it. Exactly, yeah. to help it set. So um, you can burn it. And some of the, the techniques involve low immersion dyeing mm-hmm. with a little bit of water as opposed to like kettle dyeing, which is a big pot of water. So if you don't watch it really carefully and your timing is off a little, you can burn it. So, yeah, there was a little burnt yarn. <laughs> burnt yarn doesn't smell good. No, I would imagine yeah. it does and not. And you can't sell burnt yarn. I am thinking that <laughs> maybe to uh, maybe there's some sort of witchcraft. Oh, maybe that's a wouldn't. bad business idea. Can we get to that? We're going to get burnt to yarn. That. Yeah. Burnt yarn is the name of my ska band. Good morning. My name is Nick Jargudiu. You are listening to a certain degree. There is no burnt yarn at Michelle Kristoff's website and at her pop-up shop in Celebration. You can find the coolest yarn you ever did see at oliveandtou.com. That's olive, O-L-I-V-E, the letter N, T-W-O-E-W-E.com. I'm having a lot of fun with this topic this morning, small businesses and the people behind them. Please, 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 please remember to shop small every day. 
but especially around the holidays because it's the lifeblood of all the mom and pop shops, all the side hustles, all the Etsy and Instagram stores. If you're comfortable, visit some local markets or find out who's going to be at those and find them online. Michelle mentioned bad business ideas, so let's end on that note. But a bad business idea designed to help small local businesses in a way to give me a hand developing this terrible, terrible scheme is Jeremy Sagers from an episode all the way back in 2017. Advertising. Huh. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Say it again. I was out and about this small business Saturday. I don't mm-hmm. know if you went out and uh, yes. looked around mm-hmm. at anything. I went to Target. Yeah. I went to uh, Barnes & Noble. And small businesses all the way yep. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I went to some of mine. I went to Remix and Gringo's Locos and mm-hmm. the Mills. Secret Society Goods was out. Orlando Shore. I don't want to name drop. Right. But I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> size matters for me. Right. And when I say size matters, I mean... Small. Right. Very, very small. Minuscule. What I didn't see at those locations, though, not enough people. There were some people shopping and doing Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, but there can always be more. I want to support them, and I want to help other people get to know some of these small businesses. Uh, And I may have the solution for that. Are you ready? We're going to do another one, two, three. I'm ready. Do you know where I'm going with this? I think so. Okay. One, two, three. Ride sharing intelligence. to the highest bidder. Oh. No. Okay. <laughs> so, listen. AI is not the solution to everything, Jeremy. It seems like it's going that way. <laughs> okay. Harvey Dent really did a number on you, I think. Yes. Advertising is great. And okay. I can bid on stuff like keywords on Google uh, and stuff like that. But that doesn't guarantee traffic into my place of business, correct? Right. But... I want to be able to bid on actual customers. And with our new ride-sharing service called BidBus, a small business has a chance to do that. So here's how it works. All rides start at a flat fee of $1. From there, businesses and the passenger can bid on the destination. Mm. So if you're a passenger and you really need to get to the airport, Mm -hmm. this may not be the thing for you. But Mm. maybe you bid uh, $2. (laughs) And a restaurant may bid $3. And a store might bid $4. And so all of a sudden, you know, you have sort of a bidding war for you Mm -hmm. as a consumer and as the passenger, which is a nice feeling, feeling wanted Mm -hmm. in an Uber (laughs) or a Lyft. That sounds weird. Uh, But yeah. I got thrown out of an Uber one time. So the idea of feeling wanted in an Uber is <laughs> compelling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I can so, stay in the Uber, that's great. Well, and it, you wouldn't know where you're going. Oh, yeah. Well, I so, didn't. That's I've had that happen, too, <laughs> because the driver didn't know. Well, so, yes. No, in yeah. this case, you would have a destination. Right. You just wouldn't know what that destination is. That's not is. the driver's house, because that's Correct. also happened. Right. Yeah. So no, this would be... Okay. A, so let's say you're running a production of a play in the future. Right. And you want to fill a couple of extra seats. Mm-hmm. You would jump on the BidBus app and you would bid on bringing mm-hmm. a few more people to your show. Mm-hmm. Now, they would still have to buy tickets. You would still have to convince them mm-hmm. to, uh, to come in. <laughs> to pay. So basically, yes. <laughs> it's, it's like a mild kidnapping. Oh, okay. Well, that's happened too. So I would say... Um, yeah, I Any don't ideas know. on this? Here, how about yeah. this? Let me let me throw you some taglines for this okay. one because I worked okay. on these. Yeah, I'm skeptical. All Bidbus, right. avoid the traffic, but get traffic in your store. Bidbus, it's the kind of traffic that you want, 
the kind that is human. <laughs> Bid bus, sell your jam to this traffic. This is a little <laughs> bit of a stretch. It's assuming you have a jam-related business, right. which many people do. Sure. Bid bus, it's people at your business, maybe against their will. I like that one. Bid bus, yeah. the last tagline didn't sound positive. Please ignore it. Bid bus, we're technically not kidnapping people, we think. Bid bus, also ignore that last tagline. And this is the one I finally got to. So this is, you see kind of my creative process here. Okay. Bid bus, totally legal. Yeah, I like that one. And I like the one about people not necessarily being there. Um, against their will? Yeah, being yeah. there against their will. I, I'm yeah. curious. So as a, I, I feel like, look at it from two perspectives. Okay. Uh, as a consumer, mm -hmm. maybe it's a little bit intrusive, not knowing where you're going and having people right. uh, bid on that and also having to shell out some additional money mm -hmm. so that you can end up where you want to go. But from BidBuzz's perspective and from the business's perspective that you're mm -hmm. delivering people to, this is great. This is because now as a driver, you're going to make more money because people are bidding on it. Mm -hmm. As bid bus, you're going to make more money because, uh, you know, you, you're going to take a portion of that uh, auction. Mm -hmm. And then as the business itself, you're getting more people. It's hard to pass up. I mean, it's so, hard to say no to. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick Jargudio. It may have been hard to pass up, but he did say no. So I guess it wasn't that hard to say no to. That was Jeremy Sagers from a 2017 episode of To a Certain Degree. Jeremy is currently working on a podcast. It's not out yet, but it will be. You can find out more about everything else that he's up to theater-wise at Jeremy's Instagram. That's at J-E-R-E-B-L-E-S. Gerables, I think is how you, you would pronounce that. He's also volunteered for a COVID-19 study which is going on right now. Fingers crossed he is doing well. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and you have a better idea of what some of the people of Orlando are all about and some of the businesses of Orlando. There are more great episodes of this show. I'm saying that, so you have to take that with a grain of salt with guests from all walks of life, including, but not limited to, choreography, writing, acting, directing, storytelling, community building, space, technology, teaching, painting, pins, improv, music, and several more things. To find these gems, visit toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. Thank you so much to my guests, Adam and Megan Judd, Kaylee Friend, Michelle Kristoff, and Jeremy Sagers. I have been Nick Chorgudiu. I will continue to be that. Him, you are listening to WPRK 91.5 FM. Have a wonderful day.